<clears throat> Are we on? I'm speechless. And that's unusual. The uh, folks you saw on the screen are just like you all, full of love and joy, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit, love being together as a family. And so uh, I am, <laughs> I'm just shocked. Gene, I'm sure, is ready to faint. Anyway, uh, my sermon's just been the last 20 minutes. Caleb, remember all he went through? They crossed the Red Sea. They came into the promised land, sent out the spies. He was one of them. Remember what happened then? They came back with the reports, and he was the one good report. Remember in Cade's life as they, they went through the wilderness wanderings? He was one of the few that survived. And then they came into the promised land, ready to take it. And so Joshua, Moses is gone. They get ready and they spend seven years taking the land. And finally, in Joshua chapter 14, finally Caleb gets to the point of his life. And so he says to Joshua, Give me... This which you promised back in, in Numbers and back in when we were there. Remember, my, my, my foot was on, the, on Hebron. And you promised. God said, we'll give it to him. And so Caleb looked to the future. And he said, give me this mountain. Give me that mountain that I've been prepared for. And if my clicker was on, we'd get the next slide. So you think about Caleb now. He says, I'm 85 years old. The old man in front of you is 79. Next month, I'll be 80. You look at that guy and be this old. And he says, what? Give me this mountain. Now, wait a minute, Caleb. You're old, man. <laughs> and, and, and look what Caleb says about the, the land. It's right there. The Anakin were there. They were giants. And how many of us are there to go in and to take this, this land that you've been promised? Barriers to what God had promised him. And he looked in the eyes of Joshua and looked in the crowd. And he says, give me the mountain. But the barriers. You're an old man. Fortified cities. Giants. What do you do when you've got barriers? You all ever tried that one, climbing mountains? That's the view from Jimmy and my front yard a couple years ago when it snowed. What do we call those mountains of superstition? And folks love to go up and climb what? Flat iron. You know how long it is to get up to the top of flat iron? Six miles. You know how high it is up? It's a half mile up. You know what it's like to climb that? Just read the, the results. Of folk. Oh, it took me seven hours to get up there. 
Think about the bear. You know what? 10, 15 years ago, my kids that are sitting back here said, Hey, let's go climb flat iron. <laughs> no, back then I was old. And we did it. We climbed flat iron. Oh, you think about that, going up there. Wow. You talk about a challenge. You tried getting up that. I mean, talk about But once you get to the top, ooh, the view is what? Awesome. Awesome. But if you wanted to go, let me tell you, get prepared because the barriers are there. Caleb, Joshua chapter 14 and verse 13, Joshua blessed Caleb and he got what? Hebron that was blessed, that was promised to him. But there's a bunch of barriers, there's a bunch of obstacles, a bunch of things that he had to get through. What's our mountain this morning? You're going to say $100,000. Ah, no, that's not the mountain. What's our mountain this morning for all of us, all 500 of us gathered here this morning? What's God put on our heart this morning? We call Mission Sunday. You saw a bunch of our great brethren from Thailand and, and their hearts and how they express that. What's the... What's our mountain this morning? People have a lot of mountains, don't they? <laughs> you watch CNN, XYZ, PDQ, all those Fox News and all that other junk. And we get all these different mountains we've got to climb. You know, they're spiritual or they're political or they're economical or they're moral. And then you, you read your dumb Facebook and your dumb Twitter and your dumb Instagram. That's because I'm not smart enough to use all those things. And again, they infect your mind with all these different ideas about what's important in your life and what's important in your family and what should we be doing with our lives. And we come up with all these different mountains. What was Jesus' mountain for the Mason Church of Christ? Remember Matthew chapter 16? Jesus says, hey, what are the folks saying about me? Well, some say that you're John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Well, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are thou, Simon of Jonah. And then he says, What about this confession that Peter made? He said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Was that a mountain? <laughs> you think about that? Yeah. And then after Jesus, just before he ascends into heaven, he gives the great commission that we're all about today on Mission Sunday. Matthew 28 and Mark 16 and Luke 24. Go there and make disciples. Do what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then what? Repentance and remission of sins will begin right here in Jerusalem and then we're into the whole world. Wow. Was that a mountain? Two mountains. Build the church and preach the gospel. Wow. But think about the barriers of 2,000 years ago. Think about the obstacles 2,000 years ago. Building the church, preaching the gospel. The obstacles they had then, and maybe the obstacles we have now in the 21st century. Let me give you seven. That's an inspired number. If you look at the church, it begins, what, with 12, and they lost one of them, and then they got 120, and then they baptized 3,000, and then a great number of believers, and a great number of priests become believers, and, and 
But you think about Paul going into Philippi, as Ashby mentioned. You get to Philippi, and how big is the church of Christ? There ain't none. And so Paul does what? He begins to teach, and Lydia responds, and then the jailer responds, and then the, 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 the servant girl that has the spirit, you know, and the church is what? Very few in number. And we look along in our auditorium this morning, there's a bunch of us. 1991, that's about the time Mission Sunday started back here in, in Mesa. Jackie and Francis Hinkle came over to Thailand. Remember that, Francis? Riding the dumb train with those bed bugs. <laughs> Woo, you talk about fun. After that, John Braden came over. And he and I flew into Congan. Then we got in an old pickup and we rode an hour and a half out in the boondocks. And we met this church in Grenouin. And that's a picture of where they meet. You notice the floor? Nice carpeting. No, dirt. Notice the walls? There ain't none. The ceiling's what? Tin. And if you notice the three guys, one, two, three. These guys back in the Vietnam War were communist assassins. They were on the wrong side of our war. They were actually in the business of killing the good guys. And so now in 75... That's all over. They became Christians in 91. Now what? They're building the church. That picture on the right is the Grenouin Church of Christ. Last January on the 24th, when Gene and I were there, and, and I taught the book of Colossians there for two weeks in their Bible school. Few in number back then. Second thing I can think of a big barrier of the church in the first century. What was the church made out of when it began? Fishermen and tax collectors. <laughs> That'd be a great start, wouldn't it? If we had a bunch of IRS agents in here. Uh, we wouldn't sit next to them. No. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. They looked at Peter and John and said, What? These guys are uneducated and untrained men. And that's the way the Church of Christ started. What a barrier. And then you look at the lady and the guy that just talked in the video. Fifty years ago, Jimmy and... His brothers and Dean and I were up in Chiang Mai, northern Thailand. Out in the village, dirt road, no power, and a bunch of snotty-nosed kids, eight, ten years old. One of them was this lady here. Her name is Pragai. Except today you call her Dr. Pragai. She graduated with a Ph.D. in public health nursing from London. Before she retired, she was the head of the Ministry of Public Health Nursing. She wrote the textbooks for the nurses. When Jean and I volunteered to teach English, she's the one that set up groups like this in private universities. There's a hundred kids there. They're all Buddhists and all Muslims. And what did we do? Spend the day learning the Good Samaritan in English. Oh, God works in wonderful ways, doesn't he? he uh-huh. Ph.D., that was her son that's the preacher in Bangkok. Priscilla, her husband's a retired electrical engineer. Poor and ignorant. How's the religious world as we think about barriers of the first century and barriers of our lifetime? Acts 17, Paul comes into Athens and they're what? It's full of all these philosophers, these Epicurean and these Stoic philosophers. And everybody's busy doing what? Learning all these new things. They're watching Facebook and they're watching uh, Twitter and they're listening to all this junk on talk radio. 
confusing. How's the religious world where you live? And then persecution. As we mentioned what happened to us in Laos. What happened in the first century? Just go through the book of Acts. Begin with who? With the apostles. Chapter 4. Chapter 5. And then after they jail all the apostles, what do they do with the Christians? Take Stephen and out and take him out and stone him. And in the next verse, in chapter 8, verse 1, what? Say that great persecution rose and the whole church was scattered. Wow. I've never lived through that. Have you? Is that a barrier in... 2019, live in China, live in Iraq, live in Mesa, Arizona. Number five, Paul in Romans chapter one talks about the state of the mind, the morality in his time. And we don't have time to read all this, but he talks like God gave him over to a depraved mind. One of John Camp's favorite topics is what? Abortion. Do we have any abortion here in, in Arizona? The statistics, what? Last year, two years ago, we aborted 12,700 babies. 15% of the women that get pregnant in Arizona do what? Tang Luke. That's Thai for kill your baby. Wow, lack of morals back then, back now. And then what happens to the congregations? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, uh, chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says, what's about you guys, you know? Some of you say, I'm of, of, of Cephas, and I'm of Apollos, and I'm of, of Paul, and I'm of Christ. Has Jesus been divided? And then we kind of look at the church in America and say, huh? wow, is that a barrier in, in the 21st century? And then all of you today, maybe the biggest barrier is what? We get discouraged with the brethren. We get discouraged with the elders. We get discouraged with the preachers. We get discouraged with the color of the paint. We get discouraged with the condition of the carpet. Paul said what in 2 Timothy chapter 4? His last paragraph. He's in jail. He's writing his last letter. And almost the last verse of that paragraph says what? Only demons. No, demons is not with me. He loved his present world. Well, what about Christians? Oh, he's gone. What about Titus? He's gone. Only Luke is with me. Only Joe is with me. I tell you what, if it's just Joe and me against the rest of the world, Joe, how do you think? Would that be a big barrier? Wow. No wonder we get discouraged. Same way in the first century. Look at these barriers. In the first century, what happened to the church? Did it kill the church? Wow. Few in number, ignorant, religious world, persecution, no morals, divided congregations, and what? They're all discouraged. Obviously, the Church of Christ died. Wrong. Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. Those clowns that did that, that turned to what? Turned the world upside down, have called here also. You, didn't, you notice they didn't turn the city of Rome upside down. They didn't just turn this one province upside down. They did what? They turned the world upside down. Wow. Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. That what? That hope of the gospel that you heard, that has been preached where? Can you all read that? Is it too fine a print? Let's all read that together. That which is the hope of the gospel that you heard, which was what? Proclaimed in all the... You can't read. We're going back to that second barrier. Poor and ignorant. Let's try that one more time, okay? All right. I'll read the first part. And move 
not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven. In spite of seven barriers, they what? They preach the gospel everywhere. Wow. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, he quotes Psalms 19 verse 4. He said, their voice has gone to the end of the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Wow. Seven barriers didn't what? Didn't kill the church. And the mountain is what? Build the church and preach the gospel. What's our mountain? What's our mountain in 2019? There's the condition, how many folks there are. How many countries? How many denominations? How many religions? How many languages? You realize we're doing three languages today? Signing, Spanish, and English. And if you like, I can do that one too. You want to do it in four? 12,500 languages. Wow. Is that a barrier? What's our mountain? Whoops. Where's Waldo? Can you imagine? Seven billion six hundred. I can't even pronounce that. Seven. Let's say that together. Seven billion six hundred ninety-nine million nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand four hundred and seventy-four people. Where in our world today? Woo! And we're supposed to do what? Build a church, preach the gospel. How in the world are we going to do that? There's only 500 of us here today. Wow, 200 countries. Let's go back and reread what Jesus said in Matthew 28. This is from the message. It's not a direct translation, it's a paraphrase. But he captures the essence of what Jesus said. He said, God authorized and commanded me to commission you, you apostles, Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold names of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Instruct them in the practice of this life, as I have commanded you, and I'll be with you day after day, even to the ends of the age. So Jesus said, go preach the gospel to who? To all the world. How many? 7.7 billion well, fortunately, that great theologian, Henry Ford, is going to help us out this morning. Henry said, in your lifetime, you'll meet about 10,000 people. Think about that. So Jesus said, go and train everyone you meet. And Henry Ford says, what? We're going to meet individually, each one of us, in our lifetime, 10,000 people. Now, you already said that 7.7 billion was too many for you. You couldn't handle that big a number. We went back to, to Waldo, and you said, I mean, that big a mass, we can't handle. Well, let's put two and two together. They tell us that there's about 2 million members of the Churches of Christ. So let's say that's a true figure. And let's say that that theologian, Henry Ford, was, was somewhat accurate, that we we're all going to meet. 10,000 folks. So let's take 10,000 folks and multiply that by 2 million. 
How many is that? I can't count. That's millions. What are those? Billions. Billions. How many? And what's the population? 7.7 billion divided into 20 billion goes how many times? Almost three. That means out of all the folks in the world, if you took our 2 million Christians to make 10,000 contacts in their life, they would each contact every person that's alive today three times. Uh-oh. I'm beginning to see what Jesus meant. Go into all the world. Because he was talking about you and me. Doing what? What Henry Ford said was what? You're all going to meet in your lifetime. 10,000 folks. Now I was baptized at the age of 21. But let's just say 20 for the... Make this easy. And I'm... 79, I'll be 80 next month. Okay? So how many years have I been a Christian? 60 years. 60 years. Okay. So let's take 60 years and divide that into 10,000 contacts that I'm going to meet in my life. And we come up with 167 contacts per year. And then take that 167 per year and divide that by 52 weeks. You come up with what? How many? Three contacts a week. Now, Jesus said, go and train everyone you meet. How many people am I going to meet this week? Three, according to Henry Ford. Is it possible that you and I, this week, could share the gospel with three people? Not 7.7 billion. I mean just three. Well, let's see how that works out. Anybody recognize this guy? He was the one doing communion this morning. Because somehow we didn't have the communion prepared and so... so Gary was pouring communion juice and preparing while the rest of us were enjoying Evan's class. What you don't know if you're a new member here is years ago, Gary was our mission deacon. And his heart was Ghana. And so for years and years, and he made many trips, and that's him in Ghana right there. You notice that? And if you read this, this came into my mail this week. I got the... the the mailing from the Sunset School of Preaching, and they talked about the work in Ghana that Gary had been doing for years as a deacon in Mission Sunday was involved in Ghana for years. But look at the update. Though Ghana is only the size of Colorado, there are 3,500 congregations. I asked Gary about that. He said, yeah, some of them are two or three people under a tree. But 3,500 is a bunch. Not only that, there's a half a million members among the population of 27 million. Well, let's assume Henry Ford was right in Ghana. And so you got a half a million Christians times 10,000. Anybody got your calculator? Five billion. Five billion contacts. So take the population of Ghana, divide it into 5 billion. You know what you come up with? 185. That means in our lifetime, all the Christians in Ghana have 185 opportunities to share the gospel with their... Wow. Is the Great Commission possible? I've only got three. They've got 185. Wow. Laos had their flag come by. 
We started in Laos back in 1991, went to jail there in 98. The church now, every year, the last several years, I send an email to Vin John. And you have to write in code because the communist government reads every email, every Facebook, every, everything you put online is read by the communist government. So I, I write in code. And so I, I wrote my usual email. And I said, hey, our larger family has a family gathering the first week in November. That's what we're doing today. And they want to continue some things that they have done for the past several years. Ken. This is the answer I got back from Boone Lert, one of the leaders here. He says, please be informed that the tiny family that agreed to make a strong commitment to taking more financial responsibility for its own needs in local ministry, which means we will no longer submit financial requests. Now, wait a minute. Minimum wage in Laos is not $10 an hour. It's $10 a day. And so every year for the last umpteen years, Gene and I go to the bank and we draw out $2,400 in brand new $100 bills. Boy, there are a bunch of them in there. Look at that. And so I take this money in cash because I can't do an electronic transfer to Laos or they'll catch it. The government will. And so we meet at a Starbucks on the Thai side. Laos doesn't have a Starbucks. And I take this and very secretly, very quietly, very coyly put it in their book bag. Some of these, like these, are hanging around here. And then they take that money back to Laos and they use $200 a month for their outreach program and for their youth development program. Congregation of 70 folks. They support their own preacher. Uh Uh-huh. Very unusual in Asia. And so, you know what they just said in that email? Thank you, Mesa. Thank you for 20-some years of support. Thank you for doing what you're doing at Mission Sunday. But guess what? We give it back to you. Our goal today was $100,000. Now it's what? 9000 Can you subtract 2400 from... <laughs> I heard yesterday that one of you already sent in a check for $1,000. So now we have 2400 plus 1000 is how much? 3400 of our goal. What do you think, Robin? Awesome. awesome. That's what I said. The mountain in Bangkok. I won't take time because I've used too much time. The last two years, Dean and I have gone to Bangkok, and we taught English in nursing uh, colleges. And then the preacher's wife that was on the, on the screen, she a, has a master's degree in accounting. So she, she works in the Department of Revenue and the IRS agents, Okay. And so she had classes for us to teach English to IRS agents. And Bakbong, this gal on the right here, her name in Thai means morning glory. So she was one of our students this year. And so we do all we can as we teach English using the Bible, using some good biblical uh, illustrations. And we teach them for three hours every Monday. And when we go back in two weeks, we're going to do the same thing again. She's one of the first fruits. She did what? 
And this, this, is, this is how good an English teacher I am. So I keep talk to her, pray for her, and invite her to go to the church. I am so excited that God used the English class to be blessed for her and very happy to let you know too. Well, actually their English is somewhat better than that, but they don't write a whole lot of good, okay? The mountain. Do what? Build a church. Preach the gospel. Morning glory is some of the fruits of that. What you're doing today. The mountain from Mesa to Bangkok. This year, Jimmy and brought Nikki and her kids and husband. And they spent two weeks in Thailand while we were there. And we got to do some, had to do some fun things. And the church found out that Jimmy was coming. He was raised in that church up until high school. And they said, Jimmy, you got to preach. And Jimmy said, I'm not a preacher. they got to preach. So Jimmy preached. And that's the guy that was just on the, on the, uh, the video, Gloom. He and Jimmy played basketball together when they were in high school. And now doing what? Coming back and Jimmy preached uh, in, in March. Jimmy got through and they said, Jimmy, you've got to come back and teach in camp. And Jimmy said, hey, I work for a living. <laughs> you know, this is, this is 10,000 miles away from where I live. Jimmy, you've got to come back. Every April, the churches all over Thailand have a national Bible camp down on the Gulf of Siam, and they get 600 folks together, and they study the Bible for a whole week, and they want Jimmy Fox and now his old man to come back and do a what? A dynamic duo. Can you imagine this suave, debonair spokesman doing what? Teaching with Elvis Fox. Can you imagine that? The mountain is what? Build a church, do what? Preach the gospel. And go and train everyone you meet as you go. May is ethnic Chinese. Raised in New York. Married a Laotian. Did you notice her last name? Vong Savan. Is that an English name like Jones or Smith? We can't even pronounce that, can we? Her husband is Lao. She's Chinese. And they work in McLeod Hospital, in the regional hospital in Florence, South Carolina. And they just happened to bump into this anesthesiologist named Danny Fox. We call him Dr. Dan. These people happen to be CRNAs, which is a certified registered nurse anesthetist. So they begin doing what? Working with this doctor that is their supervisor. And they find out that he has been to Laos in their home country. Not once, but twice, and worked in their big hospitals. And so guess what that stupid doctor does? He invites them over and study the Bible together. And August 25th, May became your sister in Christ. Amen. What's funny is that Danny and his family worship at the Timmonsville, South Carolina Church of Christ. It's all black. Danny's a gringo. I worshiped with them. They know how to sing. They know how to preach. And they know how to share the gospel. Can you imagine how God works to get this church built? How God works to share the gospel? He prepares a doctor 40 years ago who was raised in Thailand. And then 
20 or 30 years ago, went to Laos to help on medical missions. Meet who? Someone who is married to a Lao. Both have the same occupation. And do his what? Share the gospel in a black congregation. What's that verse? Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. What verse is that? Josh, can you remember what verse that is? You think about how God is working in the affairs of men to do what? Share the gospel with 7.7 billion people one at a time. One at a time. My quota this week is how many? Your quota this week is how many? Joe, you're about my age. All you 80-year-olds, three a week. What's our mountain? Not 7.7 billion. Three a week. Starting today, going through the week into next Saturday, each one of us is challenged by the gospel to do what? Share the gospel with only three people. The folks in Thailand are going to do theirs. The brethren in Laos are going to do theirs, and they're not going to ask you for any more support. The folks in Ghana that Gary worked with for years, and he's still active in Ghana now, they're going to do what? They're going to share their three. Evan, you've already got your three signed up. What a joy to be with people that believe that red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Wow. Ghana, Burma, Laos, Venezuela, El Salvador, Mesa. What's our mountain? One, two, three. Seek Jesus. Find Jesus. Share Jesus this week. We're going to offer the invitation. What God has done through me, He does through you. Gene and I don't walk on water. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, all those folks in Thailand that, 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 that sing our praises, we love them and appreciate them. But Santiago, I still can't walk on water. I'm sorry about that. But Jesus can. And He can do everything in your life and take care of everything in your life that needs to be done. And so we're going to sing that invitation song. If we as a church can help you, can pray with you, we want to do that. If you've never been baptized with the remission of sins, that's what Jesus said. He said, go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel and do what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you what? You'll be saved. Wow. Can it get any simpler or any better than that? This week, seek Jesus. Find Jesus. Let's all say it together. Share Jesus.